This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 371. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 371. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Mamas, it is true. Shameless MomCon 2020 tickets are on sale now. If you haven't heard, if you've been living under a rock, Shameless MomCon is a world-class conference for shameless moms happening in Seattle on March 26th, 27th, and 28th of 2020. This event kicked off last year in 2019, and it was such a raging, wild, fabulous success. I knew immediately from the moment Shameless MomCon 2019 began, I knew we would be doing it again in 2020. So we are back. It's happening. It's going to be double the pleasure, double the fun. We're doubling the size of the event. It sold out last year so quickly that I knew I had to double the size this year to accommodate more of you. So more of you can come and be shameless moms with me. You can come and connect with other shameless moms. The things, the magic that happened last year with moms showing up in this space just blew my mind over and over again. But the most important, impactful, powerful piece was that 
These shameless moms who showed up last year left with new friends, new relationships, new connections, and so much hope around the life they knew they could build, given the tools that they were given at Shameless MomCon, the confidence that they cultivated at Shameless MomCon, and the new connections that they were able to make. It was a beautiful, beautiful experience, and I cannot wait to do it again, and I want you to be there. So here's the deal. Early bird tickets are on super sale right now for a very limited time, and we're offering, because so many of you said you wanted to bring friends the second year, we're offering a buddy rate. So you can actually get two tickets at an even lower discount. So super sale situation going on here. I want you to go over and check everything out over at shamelessmomcon.com. That's shamelessmomcon.com. You'll get access to tickets. You'll see everything that's included with your ticket, all the details of the event and more. So again, go to shamelessmomcon.com. I'll see you over there and I will see you at Shameless MomCon 2020. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday, wherever you are and however your day is going so far. I hope that today, this show, this episode provides you a little boost. That's what I'm here for. A little boost every damn day. So I want to start off with a shameless mom of the week nomination. So shameless mom of the week goes to Liz. So I was so excited and honored to see this review. So just a reminder that shameless moms of the week always come from a review left in iTunes. So if you leave a review over on iTunes or Apple podcasts and let me know how the show has impacted you, then when I go over there every week to check out the reviews, I might just nominate you for shameless mom of the week. So shameless mom of the week this week is Liz and Liz and I grew up together. We've known each other since we were teeny tiny babies. <laughs> Our friends were actually parents, I believe, before we were born. So this was a very fun review to get. So Liz said, I'm an accidental shameless mom. I started listening to the podcast because I've known Sarah practically since I was born. I think she's known me since she actually was born. <laughs> listening felt like having a conversation with an old friend. I didn't feel like anything was missing in my life, and I was pretty sure I had things figured out. Listening to the podcast has opened my eyes to a new way of seeing myself, seeing life, and brought back a sense of happiness that I didn't know I had lost. It took a few episodes before the culture of shameless momhood sunk in. Thank you for being shameless and putting yourself out there every darn day. Liz, thank you. That means so much to me. And I am, like I said, just truly honored that you would take the time to write a review. And it was so, so fun to pop into Apple Podcasts and see a review from someone who I've known forever. So thank you. Thank you. We truly, truly appreciate you. All right. And diving into this week, I'm very excited about our content today. So I want to talk about training people how to treat you. And this is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> so this idea for this episode, the inspiration for this episode came from coming off of a few weeks of practicing some of these things myself, training people how to treat me, and also supporting other people in the same way. And I'm constantly looking at how I can set better boundaries and how I can help other women set better boundaries, because I think boundaries are just a struggle for women. And if you tend to be a giver kind of personality type, it's a struggle. If you tend to be a perfectionistic personality type, it's a struggle. So just boundaries in general can be hard. And women, because we tend to be caretakers, because we tend to be people pleasers, we can let people walk all over us. And sometimes we get to a point of not knowing how to protect ourselves and not knowing how to preserve our energy around our boundaries and our energy around standing in our own power and not letting people walk all over us. And so I want to talk through today 
five ways that you can train people how to treat you. And this is really important. And this has become increasingly important for me as I've grown, as my platform has grown. Whenever you grow in a public way, you're going to get some love and you're going to get some hate. (laughs) And so one of the things that I've had to be increasingly conscientious of is how I let people treat me. And of course, there's going to be trolls, there's going to be haters, there's going to be naysayers and doubters and all of those things. And some of that I can turn a blind eye to, and some of it I can't and I won't. And there's reasons and times and places where it's appropriate to just be like, this isn't worth my time and energy. I don't know this person. They don't know me. There's no context here. Like, haters are going to hate and I don't even have the time. And then there's also a time and a place to call people out and draw a line in the sand and do that in a really public way, whether that is in a social media environment, whether that's at the family dinner table, whether that's in a corporate boardroom, like there's just a lot of ways where that is very appropriate. And so I'm going to talk through how you can train people how to treat you. And then I'll let you know, I'll give you some examples throughout this around how I personally do this as well. So the big lesson in all of this is that you have the power to train people how to treat you. So if you find yourself in situations where you're like, I don't like the way I'm being talked to, I don't like the way these boundaries are right now, then you can take responsibility for that. It is in your power to do that. And we oftentimes feel victim to boundaries or poor boundaries when in reality, we need to take control of them. So you need to take radical responsibility for training people how to treat you and recognizing where maybe you, up until this point, the boundaries haven't felt necessary, but now they do. Maybe up to this point, you didn't recognize some of the things that were going on. And now you see things more clearly and recognize that like you do need to put some boundaries in place, have some hard conversations, draw a line in the sand, but really recognizing that it's up to you to let people know how they're allowed to treat you and that it's your responsibility to make that very clear. So number one, the first way to train people how to treat you is reflect to others how you want to be treated. So reflect to others how you want to be treated. What this means is show others how you treat people. How do you treat someone in front of other people? And also, how do you just treat people in your in your relationships in general? And so lead with compassion, lead with power, lead with firm boundaries. So when you are, I mean, I would say that I do this in front of my family all of the time. I'm really conscientious around how I let Vinny see me treat other people, how I let my husband see me treat other people. I am conscientious in my friendships, how I let my friends see me treat other people. In a friend's circle, how I treat my friends in front of each other. And then I'm also conscientious around every time I treat someone a certain way, what is the impact to that person? And so if I am leading with compassion or standing in my power or putting a boundary out there, that will get mirrored back to me when that person has an opportunity to treat me a certain way, right? So leading with compassion, leading with power, leading with firm boundaries shows people who we are and where our expectations lie. And that creates a boundary just right there in and of itself. So that's really, really important that you are constantly showing people how you treat others because that sends a message and a signal that this is how you expect to be treated. So all that said, if you treat people poorly, then expect to be treated poorly back. If you're constantly talking poorly about a friend in a friendship circle behind that person's back, know that that's the level of integrity that your friends will then hold you accountable to. And that's the level of integrity that they will show up to the relationship in. And so you have to constantly be 
demonstrating the behavior that you want to see back in terms of how other people treat you. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where, as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever, and your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you, and you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earnin can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Another component of this, this reflection is you lead with compassion, lead with power, lead with boundaries, and also part of leading with boundaries and leading with power is that you don't have to accept certain people's behavior and you don't have to accept certain people's apologies. And so there's a couple of things around this. If someone is showing up to you with shrinking behavior, you can call them out on that and you can do this in very loving and compassionate ways. So for example, let's say there's a friend in your friend circle or maybe at work who is constantly apologizing for everything. And you know how I've been talking for years now about like women need to stop saying sorry. So you might say to that person, 
You don't need to apologize. You don't need to apologize. You didn't do anything wrong. And women don't need to be apologizing for all these things anyways. Like we step out of our power when we're doing that. You can do this in a lighthearted way. You can do it in a compassionate way. So when you do that, when you don't accept another woman's apology in that instance, you immediately show this person how you want them to show up in your presence and how you show up, right? So there's that piece of it. When you see someone shrinking, don't let them shrink in your presence. That's really, really important. And then also those people will not let you shrink in their presence, which is also important. Okay, the other part of this though, so there's an apology that's shrinking behavior. And then there's this other part of it that's an apology or someone trying to backtrack or backpedal or get out of something where they're not taking responsibility. And this happened in a context recently. I know some of you saw this play out on social media. Someone came to a picture that I posted. They were just really aggressive in how they responded. They turned the whole conversation into something that it was never intended to be. And I drew a very firm boundary. And this person was basically like calling me out in terms of like the way I was framing my husband in the post. She made the whole thing sound like I was like perpetuating sexism because I labeled my husband as a helper. And it was gross. The commentary was really gross. It was really nasty. It was really aggressive. And it was just way beyond the context and the messaging of the original post. And I was really shocked by it because it was someone who I'd known for 10 years. This wasn't like just a random person on the internet who I'd never met. It's someone who I've known and been in a colleague situation with and in a leadership situation with for a very long time. And so her message to me and her comments on the post were just very out of line and not congruent with the kind of conversation I was willing to have around the posts that I put up. And so I drew a line in the sand and I said, like, these comments are insulting, like you're questioning my integrity and you know who I am and you know what I stand for. And I completely called her out on that post and told her that her behavior was not okay. Like essentially like you are stepping into my living room and your behavior here is not okay. And I will not accept it. And so then she wrote this apology and I'm putting apology in quotes because basically the whole apology in quotes was a list of excuses as to why she had acted that way and talking about, you know, she's just fed up with sexism and she was overtired and she's been stressed out recently and all these things. And I was like, that's not an apology. That's a list of excuses. So when someone comes to you and they're trying to justify their behavior or they're trying to apologize for something and they take no responsibility and they don't do anything to make it better or to show you that they want to be better. They don't lead with compassion. They don't come from a place of understanding or reflection of their own behavior. You don't have to accept that. And so she wrote me this apology in quotes, which was a list of excuses. And I did not accept it. And I did not reply. And I kicked her out of our private community. So this conversation all happened on my public page, but I kicked her out of our private community because I just don't want this energy in my living room. So I'm going to invite the people in who I want to have in there. And if you decide to come into my living room and spit all over me, you will be asked to leave and you will not be invited back. And so having really clear boundaries around that 
is a way that you train people how to treat you and you let other people see that so i did not send her a dm where this was like all behind closed doors for me to go to her and say like hey this feels really out of line the way you're talking to me in this post no i did it very publicly because it was important for me for you all to see that if someone is going to come spit in my face in my living room this is how i'm going to handle it because this is how i expect to be treated and this is how i'm going to have boundaries and so it is absolutely appropriate and okay for you to let other people see how you treat people, let other people see how you lead with power and firm boundaries, let other people see how you accept or don't accept an apology or how you accept or don't accept when people are behaving in a certain way in your living room, in your environment. And so that is all very important. So that's number one, reflect to others how you want to be treated, because then they will reflect that back to you. They will see that these are the expectations and they will either step up to that or they won't, but they will know what the expectations are. There will be clear guidelines around that. Number two, train people how to treat you by setting the bar high. It is okay to expect people to act in high integrity. It is okay to let people know that certain things do not fly. It is okay to let people know if they've crossed the line. It is okay to let people know that you've raised your standards and expectations. And in an organizational setting, it's okay to go to someone, a colleague, a higher up and say, hey, I'm noticing or I'm observing that X, Y, and Z is happening. I'm curious about that. Is this intentional? Is this going to change? Is there room for leadership or growth in this area? So setting the bar high means that you go in and you let people know these are your expectations and this is okay and this is not okay. And this can all change anytime you want it to change. So when you're training people how to treat you, you can decide something new tomorrow. You can decide that starting tomorrow, you're no longer okay with Uncle Ed being racist at Thanksgiving. Starting tomorrow, you're no longer okay with your brother, you know, giving dick jokes in front of your kids. Like you get to decide all the time where that line is and you get to decide all the time when you want to raise the bar, how you want to raise the bar and what that is going to look like and how that's going to play out. So if you have a track record of letting a bunch of things go, you can change that starting now. You can raise that bar today. And I've done that. I've done that recently in a few ways, but training people how to treat me like there's in the last year, someone who is close to our family, who I have made a real clear line in the sand and said, because of the way that I've seen this person act, my child will never be allowed to play at that person's house, even though we have kids that are the same age and children who are friends. So that's a line I drew in the sand. And I said, maybe I shouldn't say never, but like for the foreseeable future, for the next few years, especially, and until this person has shown me that they can show up in way higher integrity, taking way more personal responsibility in their life, then my child will not be allowed to play there. And so like, I'm going to set that bar high. I expect people to act in a certain level of integrity in their personal and professional lives if I or my child am going to be involved in their life. And so if someone is not able to meet my expectations, then I'm not going to go step into their living room, nor will I send my child there. Similarly, I have multiple family members who are outwardly pretty racist and pretty homophobic, and I'm not cool with it. And I do not stay in their communities, in their living rooms, quote unquote, in their Facebook groups. I'm not having it or in their Facebook pages. I'm not having it. One of those people is my father. 
I will not participate or be connected or attached or tied to someone who repeatedly shows up in racist, homophobic ways. And if that means that we can't have a relationship because without getting into all the details, there's boundaries on both sides. And so my boundary is I am not engaging in racist rhetoric on social media. You can decide what you want to do with that. And he made his own decisions in terms of what he wanted to do with our relationship based on that boundary that I made. But I made a really firm boundary because I'm going to set the bar high. I'm going to let people know that how I show up in integrity is that I am not racist and I'm not going to associate myself or stand for any behavior that even comes close to looking like it could be perceived as racist. And so there is a very firm line there that I'm not willing to negotiate. That doesn't mean that I can't have a relationship with you. It doesn't mean that there's not other ways that we can connect, but I'm not going to be in a social media environment with someone or in a conversation with someone who is showing up racist or who's showing up homophobic or who's showing up, you know, being exclusive in any sort of way. So set the bar high. It is okay for you to expect people to act in high integrity. It is okay for you to let people know that certain things don't fly. It is okay for you to let people know when they've crossed the line. Those are hard conversations. Telling my dad, hey, this behavior is super racist and I'm not okay with it. That was not an easy conversation. That was not an easy message to send. But it was also a very necessary message to send. Because that is how I stand in my integrity. That is how I train people how to treat me. I'm not going to listen to under the breath comments. I'm not going to look at Facebook posts. I'm not going to like, I'm not here for any of that. So here is my expectations for how I expect people to behave as grown ass people around me, especially grown ass people of privilege. And you can decide what you want to do with that expectation. That's on you. But this is my expectation. And what you decide to do with that is completely up to you. That's where the conversation begins. And then the other person can decide where they want to go with that. And then you can decide, or the other person decides, I guess, if they would decide to shut you out in my case, then they decide where the conversation ends. But in any case, you have chosen to show up in high integrity. You have shown to let people know that this is how you expect to be treated and that that's okay. It's okay to have high expectations of people. It's okay to have, you know, reasonable standards for people to lead with compassion and empathy. And if they can't do that, they don't need an invitation into your living room. So number three, third way to train people how to treat you, be firm and neutral versus emotional and reactive. And this can be challenging and this often takes space and grace. So whenever I feel myself, so I often will have like a knee jerk reaction to something and be like, okay, I got to walk away gotta walk away for a few hours and think this through and think it through where I can be concise in my reply and thoughtful in my reply and intentional in my reply. Because otherwise I will come from a place of high emotion that isn't necessarily productive. And so what we need to do when we're looking at creating a boundary, when we're looking at staying in high integrity, when we're really looking at taking responsibility for how we want to show up in the context of expectations around how we want other people to show up for us, we have to be firm and neutral and we can't be emotional and reactive because if we're being emotional and reactive, and I don't want to say you can never be emotional at any level, but if you're being highly emotional and highly reactive, you're not going to get the response that you need. 
you're not going to be able to stand as firmly in your power. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So be firm and neutral and really clear. Hey, just an FYI, this is my expectation this is how it wasn't met. And this is how I need to move forward. Done. Versus I'm sure I'm not the only one who's been there. When you're in that highly emotional reactive place, you want to write like a 17 paragraph, you know, 
I don't even know what the word, a 17 paragraph novel about the super reactive and like where you want to just pick apart a million different things and bring up things from 18 years ago and or every single time that someone's ever wronged you and, you know, years worth of baggage and just completely unload. And that's just not productive. And so whether you're looking at this in a work environment or in a personal environment, it's really important to be firm and neutral and often right in the moment that's not what we can be. We often in the moment are highly emotional and highly reactive, which is often very understandable. So really giving yourself some space. I know for me, I had times in my 20s where I was really reactive in work situations. And I always regretted it afterwards because the thing for me is that when I am highly emotional, I always cry. (laughs) And like, it doesn't matter if I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm excited, I'm scared, like any of the things I just cry. And that it really diminished my power in multiple situations because I would go in in a highly emotional state to stand my ground about something. I'm thinking of a couple of conversations I had with my CEO in my 20s. And I would go into these conversations in this highly emotional state. And when I got in there, I had a hard time managing my emotions and often would start crying. And then I was not able to stand in my power to the same extent. So I'm not like opposed to people being emotional. I'm not opposed to someone crying when they're, you know, setting a boundary or having a hard conversation. But I think if you're like me and you start to cry and then you can't talk and then like everything kind of disintegrates from there. And so, and you lose your power. Whereas if you can take a moment, have some space and grace, you can be firm and neutral and let people know these are my needs. These are my expectations. And you can outline it very simply, very concisely. And then the person on the other side gets to choose what they want to do with that. And when you let them choose what they want to do with that, then you have done your part knowing that you've shown up in a thoughtful and in a conscientious way. And then the ball is in someone else's court and they get to decide if they're going to show up in a thoughtful and in a conscientious way in return. Number four, the fourth way to train people how to treat you is to communicate clearly and compassionately. So Brene Brown says, I believe it was in Dare to Lead that she said, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. And so training people how to treat you is being really clear with them, being really clear, really not beating around the bush, not telling half truths not making up excuses or stories, being super clear. And so I've had to do this, especially in managing a team over the years, first at the gym and then with the podcast, is training people how to treat me in a management situation. I'm not someone who likes to manage people because as a people pleaser, it's real hard to manage people. Let's be honest. As a people pleaser, I never want to make anyone feel bad. Like I always want to just elevate everyone. And then when people make mistakes, I feel super uncomfortable because I don't want to make them feel bad, but like the person made a mistake, right? So being really clear is kind because here's what happens when you communicate clearly and compassionately, it gives you space to recognize like, Hey, this probably wasn't on purpose, but you need to know, like you made this mistake and here's what I need in the future. And that clarity tells them exactly what you need. And when you are unclear, it creates all sorts of problems and drama, inconsistencies and situations that perpetuate vicious cycles and perpetuate like a lack of outcome and a lack of change in behavior, right? So if you are unclear in your boundaries, if you are unclear with how you train people how to treat you, if you let things fly sometimes and not other times, people don't know what they're going to get. And let's just assume that people really do want to do good by you. You have to give them the space to do that and let them know what you need. And so like, it's funny, my husband 
can be really clear about what he needs and wants sometimes. And sometimes it hurts my feelings. And I've used examples in the past around like, he can't stand piles on the dining room table, which is something I've overcome. I graduated. I no longer leave piles on the dining room table because I don't work from the dining room table anymore. But early in our relationship, this was always really hurtful to me. And he was thought he was just being really clear, like, Hey, could you not leave piles on the dining room table? And I would just be immediately like a blood brain mess. Like, but you don't understand. Like, I'm just trying so hard to do my work, especially after Vinny was born. And he was so concise with the whole thing. And he's like, I'm just like trying to state my need and keep it super simple. And I was like a disaster. And now I recognize later, I'm like, he was just giving me a really clear boundary and I just could not handle it. And so then he would have to say like, this is not about like, I'm not mad at you. I'm not upset. I'm just letting you know, this is how it impacts me when you leave clutter all over the place. And he's like, it actually, and we actually have had some really good conversations about it because it kind of got him to say or led him to point out to me. He's like, you know, when there's a lot of clutter around the house, it actually increases my anxiety. And so as soon as he said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so relatable to me. And now I see it from a totally different angle through a totally different lens because I relate to being anxious. I relate to feeling overwhelmed and overstimulated. And so as soon as he was really clear, like, hey, when you leave, clutter on the dining room table, it makes me feel anxious. Then I was like, Oh, got it. Like, I don't ever need to do that again. Whereas before I was just like mad, because I thought he was saying I was a slob. (laughs) So clear is kind. When he said from that place, I mean, that's like a compassionate, I will say initially, he was just being like, overly simple with it and overly concise. And I needed that pain point of his I needed to know, please don't leave papers on the table because it makes me feel anxious. That's clear and compassionate, right? So he's coming from this place of like, hey, when you do this, it makes me feel this way. And then I could be like, oh my gosh, I will never do that again. I totally see what you're saying and I will never do that again. Versus him just being like, can you not leave piles on the table? And me feeling like he's calling me a slob. So Claire is kind to say, hey, could you change this? It makes me feel this way. Or can you do this? I'm feeling this way about it. Or I'm not cool with racism, whatever the case may be, to let people know like, hey, just a heads up. This is not working for me. I wanted to let you know. And this is why. And I wanted to let you know. And nine times out of 10, people are going to be like, oh my gosh, did not even mean to do that. Did not realize it was coming from that perspective or you were taking it through that from that perspective. And absolutely like, let me fix that right away. So trust that people appreciate you coming from that place of clear, kind, compassionate boundaries because people want to know. I absolutely want to know if I'm screwing up. And so now I actually really appreciate it when my husband comes to me and says like, hey, can you fix this thing, change this thing, whatever, because it's impacting me in this way. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you told me because that was so not on my radar and I would have kept doing that for 17 more years. And I would never want you to be annoyed with me for 17 more years, right? So Communicate clearly and compassionately because clear is kind and unclear is unkind. Little quote there from Brene Brown. And number five, the fifth way to train people how to treat you is treat yourself the way you want others to treat you. When you shrink in front of other people, you tell them that you want to be treated small, that you want to be treated like you're insignificant. So treat yourself like the queen you are and others will follow suit. So I treat myself really, really well, and I let other people see that. I let other people see that I prioritize myself over my child, over my partner, over all sorts of other things on a regular basis. I let other people see that I don't apologize in situations where I have done nothing wrong. I let other people see that sometimes I go to lunch in the middle of a Wednesday 
and have a glass of wine all by myself. I let other people see that sometimes I take my kid camping and I put him to bed early and I watch three hours of Real Housewives. <laughs> so I also let other people see that if someone makes me feel small in a public setting, I will not accept that. If someone comes and yells at me or spits on my face in a virtual sort of way on social media, that I will not shrink in that moment, that I will stand up and draw a line in the sand. So I treat myself in high integrity. I treat myself with high levels of self-respect. And sometimes I have to check myself. Sometimes I have to be like, wait a minute, am I shrinking right now? Like, I'm not saying this is easy or comfortable. It's pretty uncomfortable on a regular basis, but I have to show up the way that I want people to treat me. So I'm going to show up and treat myself like a queen if I want other people to treat me that way as well, because no one else is going to treat me like a queen if I'm treating myself like crap, right? So you have to get really clear on how you treat yourself and how you publicly treat yourself and how you publicly let other people treat you because that is the way other people will treat you. Other people are going to only show up for you as well as you show up for yourself. Okay. So treat yourself like the queen you are and other people will follow suit. So there's your five ways to train people how to treat you. Number one, reflect to others how you want to be treated. Number two, set the bar high. Number three, be firm and neutral versus emotional and reactive. Number four, communicate clearly and compassionately. And number five, treat yourself the way you want other people to treat you. If this was helpful, you know what to do. Share it out. Screenshot this episode. Tag me. If you tag me on Instagram, share it in your stories. I reshare every tag that I get as often as I can. I love seeing your shares. So thank you. Thank you. Every time you share an episode of the Shameless Mom Academy, another Shameless Mama is born. I love it. So I can't thank you enough for sharing the show, for sharing this episode. And I'll see you back here in a few days. Mamas, before you carry on with your day, do not forget to pop over and grab your Shameless Mom Con 2020 tickets. They are on super sale with a special discount for buddy tickets for a very limited time. Go over to shamelessmomcon.com to get your tickets today. That's shamelessmomcon.com. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.
Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 